Joe South may not be a name that's immediately recognizable to fans of 60s music, but the American singer-songwriter, guitarist, and record producer sure made his way around the industry back then. As a session musician, South played bass for Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde album, electric guitar on the Simon and Garfunkel album Sounds of Silence, tremolo guitar on Aretha Franklin's Chain of Fools, and guitar on Tommy Rowe's Sheila. South even saw success as a solo musician in the late 60s. His 1969 song, Games People Play, was a hit that won him the Grammy Award for Song of the Year in 1970. As skilled a musician as he was, South was most well-known for the songs he wrote for other artists. The most commercially successful of those was the country pop single, Rose Garden, performed by Lynn Anderson in 1970. The song earned Anderson a Grammy Award for vocals, and South received two Grammy nominations for both Best Country Song and Song of the Year. South had been holding on to that song since at least 1967 when he presented it to his friend, country soul singer Billy Joel Royal. Quote, Joe was writing, I never promised you a rose garden in the car. I didn't like it, so he wrote an entirely new song right there, leaning on the dashboard, said Royal. At the time, Royal was at the peak of his game, having just recorded the album Down in the Boondocks, with the title song having also been penned by South. His refusal of Rose Garden may have cost him even greater commercial success, but it birthed a classic rock standard in the process. Royal saw moderate international success with the single, reaching number one in Belgium, number two in Switzerland, number five in the Netherlands, and number 12 in Germany. In North America, its greatest achievement was hitting the number five spot on a radio station in Chicago. Like most other songs written by South, the song has been covered countless times, and several of those covers went on to achieve greater success than the original, including a version by Kula Shaker in 1997, and of course, the most well-known version released in 1968 by hard rock band Deep Purple. That's right, we're talking Hush, written by Joe South and originally performed by Billy Joe Royal on Cover Me. Hush, hush, she broke my heart, but I love her just the same now. Hush, hush, I thought I heard her calling my name now. Hush, hush, I need her loving and I'm not ashamed now. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is calling my name. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my mind-blowing co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Mildenberger. What's going on, Alex? Gerber Daisy. Um, what is going on? Daisy? Gerber Daisy. Gerber, I said okay. I was doing echoes, and then it's a kind of Daisy. Ah, uh, the Gerber Daisy. Yeah, I, I, I think of the Gerber baby. Isn't Gerber a, uh, like a baby food brand? Beats me. Sounds like a baby sound. It does. Although R's are apparently hard. Um, yeah. Hard R's. But I've been doing it my whole life. So, you know, just a natural. Yeah, it came to me naturally. Um, how are things? Things are fine. Things are fine. Yeah. Things are nothing, fine. nothing too exciting, really. But uh, they're fine, generally. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Nothing to report, you know? Nothing to report. One, yeah, that, just, that kind of a week. Short week. So, short week. You know, nice. More of the same, you know, just clocking in, clocking out. Little of this, little of that. A little of this. Solve some problems. Didn't solve other problems. Hey. That's just the way it is. It's always too many problems. Always more problems to solve than there are solutions to problem solve with. That's what I always say. Mm. I heard you say that. Yeah, it's you a, can tell. It's a bit of a came, problem itself because so it's kind of... Yeah, it's kind of long. It got a little, a little bit long and a little bit tough to say, hey. Hey. What are you going to do? 
I'll tell you what we're going to do, Alex. We're first going to talk about your theremin and how much dust is on it. I mean, you don't actually move it to play it, so it gathers dust regardless. Okay. All right, Alex. You. <laughs> <laughs> how much uh, dust is on the knob you use to turn it on? Used to turn it on. Uh, probably a bit too much. I've been playing it a little bit. Um, just a bit, though. You know, I'm trying to work out. I think I mentioned uh, previously the sort of non-linearity, and I'm trying to yes. work out tunes um, with that in mind. So I've kind of mentally like broken it into three sections where there's like the low range, the mid range, and the high range. And in the mid range, I can get the sort of one hand per octave thing. But then as, you know, moving out of that, it's tougher. Right. So I'm kind of sticking in the mid range for now and sort of working on the higher and lower stuff and trying to figure out a scheme for how I will make make that more consistent. Mm. That's tricky, but yeah, still simple melodies, you know? Trying to learn simple like, melodies. you know, like Ocarina songs from Ocarina of Time. Simple oh, stuff. Oh, hell yeah. That's the good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I was just Those... playing some bass and remembering some old Zelda tunes on there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great because it's like pentatonic scale, you know? Yeah um and they're they're stuck in my head uh forever forever always yeah yeah it, it's like literally some of the earliest melodies i remember hell yeah is the ocarina songs from ocarina of time and that's how you know you're a hashtag child of the 90s <laughs> yeah yeah some of my earliest memories are watching people play ocarina of time on, on their Me too. Yeah. It used to be the big family tradition gathered around my father playing the the legend of zelda Hey, Legend of Zelda. Love it. <laughs> Live it. Um, excited for the new one. Also, I, I keep wanting to play the older ones because I love playing Zelda games. Yeah. Alex, we're not here to talk about fucking Zelda games. Though we could. And Though we, we probably could. will after this. Probably. We're here to talk about something else nostalgic. Classic rock. Classic baby. rock, baby. Um, specifically the song Hush, written by a guy I've never heard of and given to a guy I've never heard of. Yeah, and then Billy covered Joe by Deep Royal. Royal. You can call him BJ. <laughs> that sounds more like a country artist, actually. BJ Royal? BJ Royal, for sure. Yeah. Not yeah. that Billy Joe doesn't sound country Fair shit, enough. But, <laughs> but I hear you. BJ is like, it's a... Yeah, he didn't make the wrong decision, but he could have gone with either one. Yeah, he could have been more efficient. I don't know. Um, Alex, the song Hush is one I forgot I knew until I heard it last week when I was looking up the band Kula Shaker, who did a cover of Ballad of a Thin Man. Yeah, honestly, me too. Like, it comes up every once in a while. It's similar, like, there's an Allman Brothers band song, Midnight Rider, which is another song that I recently rediscovered and was like, oh, I used to listen to this on classic rock radio or whatever for, uh, you know, often enough. Yeah, these are like fixtures of of classic rock radio. Yeah, that like I just kind of fell by the wayside because I didn't listen to in that case, yeah, the Allman Brothers band or, and I don't listen to much um, Deep Purple. No, me neither. Like they seem like a, they were critically acclaimed. Yeah, they're a big deal in terms of like rock and roll history, probably, I think. Oh, for sure. But they just don't like come up that much. Like, um, because I think for the most part, they've been reduced to maybe two songs, including true. Because I I mean, smoke on the smoke on the water, right? So it's like, like that's stereotypically the first or one of the first melodies you'll learn when you're playing the guitar because it, yeah it's i've it's played it by simple. accident on the bass because yeah. it's like it's that easy like you can play it on one string and it's a good way to like see the scale kind of 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like classic blues rock. Like it's simple, it's catchy. It's yeah. like obviously there's a reason we all know it, but also if that's the song that everyone remembers, it's like, okay. Yeah. It's a rock and roll for beginners. Yeah, exactly. Interesting story though. Uh, I mean, I don't know much of the story, but it's a, a song about song about a fire, but like at a Frank Zappa concert. Yeah. So that's wild. That is wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's a pretty good concert. Highway pretty, Star. That's the yeah. other song. Highway Star, a yeah, great track. That's a rock band, and that that's is a rock band. It's one, also yeah. in Elite Beat Agents. So, oh yeah, that's the other place I've heard it a fair amount. That's fair. Cover version. Course. Yeah, deep purple. But yeah, deep purple. Strange, strange kind of blind spot. Yeah, certainly in my in my rock and roll upbringing. Uh, and this, but this song, like as soon as you hear that na 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 na, you're like, I know this song. Yeah, it's very familiar. There's a couple elements in this song that are kind of hooky, right? Mm-hmm. The na 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 nas, and oh, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, I mean the hush. The right? hush. hush. Yeah, but hush. two phenomenal hooks, honestly. And to have them both in one song that's also like two and a half minutes long, isn't it, the original? Yeah, 238. 238. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Um, so, impressive. And I don't... That other song he was writing at the same time, they talked about it like he also recorded it, but I actually didn't double-check that. Um, that the, the Rose Garden? Yeah. I'm not sure. Because they were like, oh yeah, he was writing this other song that everybody knows, but I didn't like it. But also, like, I don't know that song. Um, it, it was Grammy Award winning. It's country pop, so it's outside of your kind of... Oh, yeah. That's so it was, sure. it was performed by Lynn Anderson, and oh, he sometimes Joe South would, uh, would perform his own works. He also has a version of this that I didn't include because it, a problem with a lot of the songs this week is they all sound like a good classic rock tune. Yeah. Um, we talk sometimes about songs that are classic rock standards and what, you know, what, uh, the one by them, uh, Gloria, Gloria, yeah. uh, we opened this whole podcast with wild thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like this one, like these songs that are so classic and like sometimes so simplistic that altering them almost proves impossible. Gloria may be the exception to the rule, honestly, cause that one actually had a few very good covers. Yeah, the the standard where although like if as long as you keep like one or two elements a lot of the time you can kind of do whatever you want with it also. Mhm. Um and then throw a couple solos in. Yeah. Well, that's certainly the approach that uh that Deep Purple would take, but uh mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a bit here. Let's talk about very simple song lyrics. Um this is great. The past 2 weeks we've been talking about Dance, dance pieces of literature. <laughs> yeah, this one should go a bit quicker. Super easy. Um, I don't have any hot hook. takes on the lyrics to to hush. No, it's <laughs> it's all there, man. It's all very straightforward. Unless you unless you got some bullshit take on na 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 I well, it's a response to uh, the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and this yeah, and this was later responded to by the Flaming Lips with the yeah, yeah, yeah song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. checks out. I got a certain little girl. This is verse one now. I got a certain little girl. She's on my mind. No doubt about it. She looks so fine. She's the best girl that I ever had. Sometimes she's going to make me feel so bad. Is that the Deep Purple lyrics? Yeah, I got the Deep Purple lyrics. Is it different in the original? It's very similar. There's like 
good, great gosh almighty, she looks so fine. Like, oh, okay, well. It's, it's filler words, right? Like, the, yeah. the idea is the same. You know, he's thinking about this, this woman, this girl, hmm. and uh, she's great, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's, there's almost a good reveal when it, in the later, I think it's in verse two. There's not a lot of no, other places it, it can in be. In the pre-chorus, yeah. Where we find out that she broke up with him, but that's, that hasn't been revealed yet. True. But she makes him feel bad. Yeah, is that bad, like, like cool, or bad, like, ooh, sex is bad, like, or is it just that she, <laughs> she makes him feel bad because she broke his heart? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't think it's like she makes me feel naughty. Or it's not like, I mean, he's referring to as a girl. So not like, it makes me feel bad because she's an underage woman. Like, it's not that. Yeah, no, little girl in 1960 yeah. meant full-grown woman. Yeah. So it's, it's a little it was like maybe diminutive or cute. Yeah. Uh, that might be the uh, context. But yeah, I mean, it's not complicated sen- a complicated sentiment No. for like a pop song. You know? Sure, yeah. There's I, I feel like we should be able to list songs we have talked about on this show that are the same concept. Yeah, I mean, it's a simple idea. It's, it's they're in love, she broke his heart, he can't stop thinking about her. Yeah. Easy. No bother, and we know that she looks fine. Um, it's the best he's ever had. Po- nothing but positive reviews. Yeah, and then I guess the twist at the end of, oh, she makes me feel bad sometimes. Yeah. Wonder why. What does that mean? Well, we'll find out in the pre-chorus. We'll find out. When it comes to being love and she's first, when it comes to to love and me, she's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We get the hook. Pre-chorus. Hush, hush, I thought I heard her calling my name now. Hush, hush, she broke my heart, but I love her just the same now. Hush, hush, thought I heard her calling my name now. Hush, hush, I need her loving, and I'm not to blame Uh now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the, the crux of the concept of the song, is that he's mm-hmm. thinking about her, and he's like, oh, everybody quiet, I think I hear her. And it's like, dude, you gotta let it go. You gotta just, you know. Yeah, you gotta let go, buddy. He's like, wait, 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 she's, any minute nope. she's gonna be calling me back, guys. Yeah, but I almost, it's like, like what, he's in the middle of public somewhere, and it's like, oh, she'll be here too? Yeah. Finding me? Looking for me. So yeah, he's yeah. like dreaming about her um coming back to him mm-hmm. so, you know um and that's the that's the concept of the song really that's the yeah that really is it that's where the name comes from and he so yeah it's she broke his heart because they broke up but he still loves her and he wants um, her to come back to him and he's not to blame for needing her loving because i guess it's just that good oh i mean of course who could blame him who could blame him did you say that yeah, he says, I need her loving and I'm not to blame now. That's uh, okay. how he ends the prequel. Uh, I, it's ashamed now in the uh, original. Mm. But, I mean, okay. I mean so he's it's the not same ashamed. idea. He's not ashamed because he's not to blame, kind of, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not pretty really much the same idea. much, if anything. Yeah, it's... Uh... This is funny. We're looking at very, very slightly different lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even think to look up the Billy Joe Royal ones. I'm like, there's no way they could change the lyrics, the, the yeah. lyrics to this the, song. The lyrics go by so fast. Like, I never knew the lyrics. I just knew hush, hush, you know, hush, the, the chorus, yeah. right? 
Yeah, and then so then they've also got a real chorus, even though everything is a chorus in this song except yeah. the verses. Are they love, love? They got it early in the morning. Love, love. They got it late in the evening. Love, love. Well, I want that, need it. Love, love. Oh, I gotta, gotta have it. Got to, got to have it. Um, I think in the original they say just hush. They don't say love. Yeah, you might be right. Hush, hush. hush. Kind of says it funny. Yeah. We'll say distinctively. Distinctively, yeah. He's uh, yeah. We'll talk about his voice in a bit, but yeah. he. Certainly got that old 60s, like, nasally style to him. <laughs> that he does. Um, so, yeah, he's talking about love here that they have early in the morning, late in the evening, and he, he wants that. He wants to have that again. All the time. He needs it All the time. now. Yeah, he needs a person around to, to love him. I mean, he needs a man to hug and kiss. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um, this reminds me of that song by them that David Bowie covers that I cannot remember the name of. Uh, here Comes the Night? Yes. Holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> here it comes. Here comes the night. Yeah, and he. And I, I think in one of those verses, he's looking through the window at them, like, having a good time. Right. <laughs> or he's imagining it at the very least. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> but, yeah, a bit of similar vibes there. Verse two, she's got loving like quicksand. Only took one touch of her hand to blow my mind, and I'm in so deep that I can't eat. And I can't sleep. Oh, man. The original has a y'all in there. More country. Y'all. More country, baby. I can't eat, y'all. I I can't can't sleep. y'all. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is further uh, cementing this idea that the, that he's infatuated, you know, Mm. the love drew him in and he can't escape like quicksand. Like quicksand. And apparently, I mean, also these, uh, hyperbolic statements like oh she only had to only had to touch her hand and it was like oh now now he's totally drawn in totally yeah, captured he's, he's drawn he's, he's, he's in deep know, obsessed um he's hooked hooked and he can't hooked. focus on anything else and that's his thing he's got issues yeah this dude is to uh work on he's got to work on himself some, i think got to work on himself i think he's got some some attachment issues but yeah, it's that sort of uh, poppy love song. Yeah, he's young, dumb, and in love. Yeah. Even though she left him. And that's, that's really it. It's a bunch of na-na-na's after that. Yeah. We get the hush-hush pre-chorus. You get the love-love chorus. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Early in the morning, late in, late in the midnight also. Late in the midnight. Which is an interesting phrasing. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, like... Because when I say midnight, I am actually referring to like a specific time, right? Right. Like to me, 12. midnight is like 12. Yeah. Midnight. Um, but I mean, the word itself just means the middle of the night, right? Yeah. So I don't know. It seems like they're going with that um, meaning in this case, although I don't know. I've never heard anyone use it in that in that context like say it's the midnight like in the way you would say it's the afternoon well yeah like yeah it's like it's midday yeah so it's like it's weird it is weird the only other time i've heard the midnight is um one there's a band called the midnight but the midnight hour yeah the midnight hour oh there you go there's another example uh from rebel yell billy (laughs) idol uh also the cars 
Is it magic? I see you under the midnight. Oh, All shackles and bows. He High heels with the cleats clicking. A temperamental glow. Yeah, that is magic. How could I let you go? magic. Just a little magic. Anyway, weird phrasing. But there's not a whole lot to say about these words. No, they do a lot of repeating after that in, you know, the pop style. In the pop style. Pop style. It's easy. It's, I didn't get a lot of country out of this song either. Um, it's, I guess it's in the guitar. Maybe. maybe I say maybe yeah. because <laughs> I don't fully believe that statement. But uh, we're going to do it. We're going to talk about the original of this, the Billy Joe Royal version. From the album Billy Joe Royal featuring Hush. Featuring Hush. Uh, 1967. Different time. Just a different time. Buy the album. Albums. You bought the single. Buy the album. Deep inside me. What a song name. Now hang um, on. I'm what? a little confused here now. What's up? I made the mistake of looking at the um at the album. And, and so the song mentioned in that quote, I never promised you a rose garden. Oh, it's on there. It's on there. I'm trying to figure out if the Lynn Anderson song is the same song now. Seems like such a specific song name. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you have two oh, songs it with is, that name? It's the same song. So wait, d- he did fuck? record it. He did record it. But I think this is this is a no. It says the album's 1967. The fuck, man. <laughs> Maybe just Rose Garden was a catchier title. So it's like, oh, I never promised you a Rose Garden. Shut up. It's too much. It is quite long. Rose Garden? He's like, well, fuck it. Cut, cut off the I Never Promised You. Yeah. You wouldn't confuse name. another... Like, you're not going to confuse two songs called I Never Promised You Rose Garden, but you might confuse two songs called Rose Garden, which might give you another sale. That's right. But, hey, there you go. So he did record it, but he didn't like it. So I guess he initially said no. And then Joe South was like, all right, let me knock this one out while we're, we're driving. I like to pretend Joe South was driving the car while they were... He sounds <laughs> so he like... Le- he leans sounds over like on the would. dashboard and, and writes as he's driving. <laughs> Drives with his feet, leans back, and writes. And writes. Uh, and then I guess later Billy Joe was like, well, I need to release this song. I said, like I need to fill out this album. He's got to get Billy something Joe out, right? Featuring Hush, yeah. So then he's like, let me get that song, Joe South. Joe South gave him the song, and Billy Joe Royal fucked it up. All this to say, this opens with some cool guitar. It does. It's kind of uh, got a trill thing going on here. Yeah. A couple trills. Very left-eared. I don't mean it's logical. I mean it's in your left ear. That's correct, Alex. Yep. But yeah, I would say that's your country right there. That guitar? Yeah. I mean, you little could twangy? say like, yeah. A little bit of twang, a little bit of that like on the range kind of shit. Slapback. Slapback. That's a little as outlaw country right there. Okay. It's not, not really genre specifically. Yeah, I guess it's also 1967. So like yeah. 1967 country is not nowadays country. Certainly 1967 rock and roll is not nowadays rock and roll. Yeah. So. But this is country soul. Country soul. Apparently. Um, yeah. 
two that genres I don't know much this about. One. You want to talk about 1967? Yeah, I, do. I think this is a good version that is betrayed by the technology of the time. Like it could sound better if they had better recording equipment, kind of thing. Yes, because there's some real good like give it to the rhythm section moments on this that end up sucking because it's just like okay, the bass you can only kind of hear, the drums sound kind of tinny. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They're also, I mean, the mixing's a bit odd too. They're really separating it by ear, which was a lot more common back then right um yes like like drum and bass is mostly in the right ear and i think there's a piano but i cannot hear it hardly like a little bit i can't give me a a marker where i might be able to kind of hardly hear it i don't remember i'm listening like the beginning like talking about like seven ish seconds in very left ear it but i think it's a piano can barely tell. Oh, I hear it. Yeah. So like you got that guitar playing those chords and then and the piano's kind of playing along with the you know? Yeah, and it mixes in with that rhythm riff on the on on your left speaker that boom 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 boom. Yeah. As they come in with that na 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 na. So like the 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 production maybe suffers a bit in this version. Yes, I would say absolutely it does. Um, um, and they've got these horns there that are pretty nice, pretty good Yeah, energy. I thought it was a harmonica at first, but it seems mm-hmm. to be horns, because yeah. later on it very it sounds much brassier. Mm-hmm. But at first it kind of has a bit of a wail, you know, like you could do with a harmonica, which I guess is maybe some of that country sound there too. Could be. But yeah, it's a strange sound. Yeah. But yeah, so that hush um, chorus hush. section, the hush, 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 where it, it just goes to the bass, like, it sounds cool, but if you have, if you did that today with, like, the actual equipment that can capture that low end, that, that would, yeah, you could get a hundred times better. Yeah. Get a really solid bass tone on that. That would be, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Get some. Get some groove going on, you know? Yeah, so I think that's ultimately what plays against this piece, is the thinness of the, the audio. Hmm. Yeah. Even things like the it horns, like tricky. if we could get those, just the depth of those horns in there. Yeah, it's not often that technology um, becomes such a limiting factor. And sometimes, you know, the old school um, production can be very i guess a little nostalgic or novel but Mm -hmm. given that this version is not really nostalgic or novel to us anyway yeah soup it up a bit Mm -hmm. even like five six years later technology from that time would have made this a stronger track probably stronger track for sure and like even you go a year later and you get the deep purple version which is a fuller sounding piece like it doesn't play into that low end but I maybe they also knew they couldn't to the to the extent that it would sound good, right? <laughs> right. So. They kind of play to their strengths more so. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing, I mean, we talked about the hush lines. That's like the way he says hush, which kind of gets emulated later on as well, is kind mm-hmm. of um I mean, that's a bit of a hooky part too, right? But he oh, kind yeah. of like has a like hush, 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 like a bit of low rising thing. 
Yeah, um, and since it it's cool. mostly an instrumental break, like it really draws the attention, right? True, and like he's literally like quieting everything down. He's like, hush, hush. Yeah, so, yeah. It fits so, yeah, in with it, the song concept. It fits in with the concept of the song. It's uh, like it is a well constructed piece of sixties pop. It's only issues that it was constructed in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. Like it all makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Um, and there's not like a whole lot of other changes throughout, right? Like there's no. some more. They add more backups to the hush parts, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the chorus. Obviously, like they do the hush parts. Yeah. Um, and then there's some of that guitar trill comes back, but like otherwise they keep it pretty consistent i guess the other thing they do is the pre-chorus kind of gets repeated right and uh and they do like because that's the hush part they do it quiet the first time and then they Mm -hmm. come up on the second one yeah and he's got some pretty good dynamics on his vocals like yeah it's like a bit on the nasally side but that's kind of the style of the day I for think. sure. You hear that in a lot of that like pop of the era. Yeah, he's like, not a let, afraid like, to How does it. that guy have such a big beard and such a high voice? Like <laughs> what a strange time. A strange time, yeah, for sure. But yeah, he like he lets it rip too. Like he doesn't just stick to that nasally, like tinkly sound. Like on that second verse, I think around 138, he's like <gasps> late He goes. He he lets it go. True. Feels a little more like ad libby, but yeah, lots of crazy singing on that. And then the last chorus too. And like, but no, I I mean it's it's a decent song. It it doesn't make as much of an impact on me. Like I don't know if it's like legendary in itself. But also like I was wondering when I was listening, like is the Deep Purple version that much better? Because I could hardly remember it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're gonna have to find out at some point. Yeah, and well, the changes are so I feel minute. So few acts actually take it out of rock and roll. Which even this, like you said, it's not really country as we recognize it. It's not rock as we recognize it either. But it is closer to the roots of those. So like, it's yeah. kind of easy to identify in terms of being like, well, this is rock and roll standards. This is country standards. Back when they were both blues, like it's. <laughs> It's all in that primordial ooze pool still. Definitely feels that way. Um, but, I mean, hey, let's see. The, uh, this song it definitely has a lot of good elements, like we said. Some hooky mm-hmm. stuff in it. So let's, uh, let's, let's see. see if anybody can like figure this out. Let's see what they do with it. Uh, Deep Purple, 1968, Alex. Hush, hush. I Deep Purple. We talked about them already a bit. I've heard of these guys, yeah. They're a band that's like been around for a long time, and a band that has uh, changed its lineup quite a bit as well. There's like yeah, which four major Deep Purple lineups. Uh, one including uh, David Coverdale, who we've talked about a couple that's times right, before. That's right, of White Snake. White Snake. Um... But not yeah, this, this is an interesting. This is like their point. first album. This is early Deep Purple. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny because yeah, David uh, Covermore, and then when we talked about White Snake, I believe the week after we talked about Thin Lizzy, who 
in order to make some money once recorded an album under the band name Funky Junction, uh, <laughs> which was a collection of Deep Purple covers. And so that mm. Funky Junction album also has a cover of Hush on it. We're not talking about it this week because it was kind of samey. It was it was it sounded like Thin Lizzy was collecting a paycheck, which is what they were doing. Right. <laughs> so not worth discussing the details of the cover, but interesting that they would, you know, cover this song because it was a deep purple song. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Sounds interesting. It's not, but okay. <laughs> like the facts around it are interesting. The cover did not make the final cut this week, so true. That should tell you what you need to know. But like you said, changes in the lineup, uh, and that's a reason they didn't play this live for a long time, is because this is like the earliest Deep Purple lineup where their yeah. uh, sort of more classic vocalist is not on the track. Uh, it didn't include lead singer Ian Gillen or Gillen. I'm not sure who joined in 1969, replacing Rod Evans. So this is Rod Evans singing on this. Yeah, which is, that's uh, just so strange. I mean, bands like that are always so strange to me that they would change, uh, yeah, like, that they could change that much. It's, it's and, the ship uh, of Theseus, right? It's like, who yeah, is exactly. the band? Um, but, I, I mean, this cool version, this is kind of the earlier version of the band that's maybe a little less on the hard rock side, but they still got yeah. that going on, you know? Um, this has a lot of organ. Yes. Um, and I really think it's a cool organ sound, particularly the way they're using it, because mm-hmm. what they do a lot is like play really quickly, but the way the organ, uh, works in, or the way this organ is working is, is like, it seems to take quite a while for the, like any note to um, reach its like high point of volume, so like it has a long attack basically. Um, but they're sort of cutting it off before right. it reaches that for these quick notes. But then the way it's operating, like that, kind of makes it pop a bit. The sound because so it's got this yeah, really like stop, like a... stop, start sound to the organ, which is an interesting effect. Yeah, it's like when it hits the height of its uh, its note that it, it stops almost immediately yeah. after that instead of being allowed to to ring out. Yeah, so I do that a lot. Yeah, and I and mean there's you times where you hear it hard fully, rock, but, but like they is. open with a pretty yeah. It's certainly the predecessor to that and like psychedelic rock to some extent. Like 1968, it's kind of the synthesis point of those two. Yeah, and like I was looking at description of the band where they're talking about like, well, their first album was a little more on the psychedelic rock side and it's like, okay, fair enough. But like there's still some, you know, pretty distorted guitar in here. Yeah, it opens with like a big ripping guitar. Well, the guitar isn't big and ripping, but it's like hard stings and then a a cool lick with like some heavy drum rolls behind it. Yeah. So like... This is like primordial hard rock kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is definitely the early days of that. Yeah, and, and you know, it's bluesy. Bluesy. You get the uh, the group sing of the the nananas. Whereas on the Billy Joel, it was uh, it's Billy Joe, not Billy Joel. It was solo. <laughs> yeah, it feels more, feels less rushed, rushed Bushed. than that one. Yeah. Um, they're a little more laid back. For sure. And that's, I mean, we're looking at four and a half minutes here, so we've tacked on an extra two minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also an organ solo. Also an organ solo. <laughs> Good yeah. time. Good time. 
licks. Yeah, this is real like road rock like anthems. Like there's a good driving rhythm under it. Um, there's ripping guitar licks. You get the big like rock and roll choral nananananas. It's uh, it's it's classic rock. It's radio rock. Yeah, th- I like, just I just thought this was such a much more exciting version. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe just for me, because there's a lot more things to get excited about here, like, you know, the, that gritty guitar sound and the organ and the way they're doing the weird stoppy things in the organ and all that. So, like, this is much easier for me to get excited about, and it feels very exciting to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it hits relatively. harder. So, um, so yeah, I, I probably not surprisingly really liked this version. Uh, yeah, it's just like a shift in... Like more pointed energy, like even just the way he's singing. She's the the something dun, dun, dun. like he punches with the words. It's not this soft hush hush. I'm a country song singer, y'all. Yeah, with that like kind of nasally thing going on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like it's cooler, right? It's cooler. Yeah, and like, the the hush segment works better for what it's worth. Yes. So, like, when they get to that hush section, since the verses are so big, like, we got this fucking ripping organ, we got this crunchy guitar, like, when he's, like, he actually gets everything to quiet down where it's just a little bass and everything's kind of restraining, you're like, oh, Some yeah. of those dynamics, which in the, the original, probably, so if clearer. the horns had been a little bit stronger. Yeah, I swear really if the original was recorded too. today, yeah. like, you could have a good setup. Or even, like, a year or two later. Like, I swear, mm-hmm. and... I think another thing is like there's the technology, sure, but there's also like the money because, um, especially in the 60s, because the technology for recording things like well was so new, right. you had to be like the Beatles to get the good stuff, right? That's right. So, I mean, even listening to the difference between um, there's two Steve Miller band albums, Sailor. Mm-hmm. And Brave New World, to me, are like night and day. And they're like a year apart. 68, right. 69 kind of thing. So I think like technology was advancing. Maybe they probably had a higher budget or something. But also, so I don't really know, right? So money's part of it and technology's part of it. But yeah, you're, even you're talking a year's difference. If the difference is just money and not even time period. Yeah. Then yeah, like so much. Like today, I mean, we are recording an independent project on... True bottom-of-the-line microphones here. And it yeah. comes out pretty good. It comes out like comp- people listen, surprisingly. Yeah. But, like, that was not the case in 1967. Like, the difference that, like, the tiers of equipment could make yeah. was not granular. Yeah. It was it was literal tiers. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, we're talking huge amounts of money, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's, like, it's a significant step to go from one to the other. Yeah, not to mention space. Like those, like you need mm-hmm. a tape reel, right? Yeah, and that's big. But yeah, Deep Purple knocks it out here. There's a reason the Deep Purple version is well known, is because it yeah, it hits partially that because it's deep a well a group that then went on to you know be well known. But be well also known. like we could have forgotten this song. Like oh for sure. What are the other songs on this album? I don't know. Uh, Mandrake uh, Root? Like, uh, I don't know, fucking Mandrake Root? Who fucking knows Mandrake Root? Hey, in hey the Joe, address? who's ever heard of that song? <laughs> I think maybe me. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's a cover. Mm, we haven't talked about Shit. Hey Joe. Uh oh, watch out, folks. Oh. Mark your calendars. 
Um, no, we can't keep doing fucking 60s rock songs. Our listenership has literally dropped in half. <laughs> oh, but it's fun. I think I think we had an unreasonable spike from doing modern songs for a whole month. So like, uh, it's, it's just kind of expected. Does that help? Wow. I, oh, I guess it makes sense, but and sometimes like songs that I just don't even expect to hit, like really hit, like our our all night long episode, Lionel Richie is still doing gangbusters. Wow. Compared to our other things, it's not like it's getting that, but like, yeah, right. I was like, oh, okay, I guess people really love this song. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. But nobody gives a shit about fucking hurdy gurdy man, huh? Okay. <laughs> What? <laughs> Got to do that meme where it's like the the people lining up for one thing and the other one's empty and one's like Adele and then it's like hurdy gurdy man and it's like <laughs> we live in a society or whatever. <laughs> we sure do live in a society. We sure do. <sighs> um, what else can we say? So the organ solo is ripping. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yes, and it's deep purple and like yes. Yeah. Okay, I get it. I get why this is the one we remember. Yeah. Yeah, just even the more like uh, like this is the band doing it kind of vibe because they do the love love backup ones rather than it being like some session musicians, right? So there's something to that like implied DIY element, yeah, and yeah, scrappiness perhaps. Scrappy indeed. Now in 1988 they re-released this song, and I believe with a different version. Yeah, there's a music video. Yes, but it's like from a live recording. Yeah, combined with some like loose footage of of two people driving cars. Yeah, I didn't pay that much, very close attention, and like a few shots of like women in underwear. Woman, it's the same woman oh. every time. Oh, it. it so there's it like is, a kind of like it, in the way that '80s did it. There's <laughs> like a uh, you know like a loose story that kind of seems like maybe there was an idea at play. Because, like, the song is just about him thinking about a woman, so there's shots of a mm-hmm. woman driving shots a car. Shots of the woman. Presumably away from the character. Yeah, well, and this is me using a little bit of, a little bit of cinema knowledge, but you never see their cars sort of mirrored in terms of what angle we're, we're filming them at, so it, it, like, it tricks our brain into thinking they're both driving in the same direction, right? Sure, yeah. Whereas if one was driving from left to right and we saw a shot of the other going right to left, we'd be like, oh, they're going to meet because my dumb monkey brain thinks that these things are going to collide. Yeah, yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, you're right in that they'll, they'll never meet. And he seems to try to call her on a payphone at one moment. and But obviously she's gone. And she has a suitcase in her car. I don't know if she's got, like, money in there. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. And then it's just a lot of shots of the band playing. Yeah, ha- having so, a real good time. That's that video. <laughs> yeah, that's a real, like, we're a 60s band who are re-releasing a song, and <laughs> you have to make a music video to get it on MTV. Yeah, in 1988? Absolutely. In 1988, you better believe it. Um, put, a, put a woman in it, in her underwear. Buddy, you're making money. And l- Listen, folks, I will say that. And people will want to watch it. It's the 80s. It. They didn't have the internet. Yeah. Hardly. This is if how you had all. to masturbate. Is you, you hoped that Deep Purple's Hush was coming on the MTV Top 100 Countdown or whatever. Yeah. What a time. What a time to be alive. Um, if I was some kind of car nut, I would, holy shit, did you see this big fucking 
round 202 here. This monster-sized organ the guy's playing and just about tipping over. Woo! Yeah, he's going crazy. Actually, that kind of... Oh, I've now realized something about a later version that might be referencing this. Um, We'll get to that. Uh, We'll get to that. But first, we're going to get to Merrily Rush in 1968. Alex, what do you fucking know about Merrily Rush? Um, uh, just what a Wikipedia page says. It calls her a singer, but she's also, it sounds like a fairly accomplished piano player. Oh. Um, she had like a classical What piano is piano training. playing if not singing with the fingers? <laughs> singing with your fingers. Um, her maiden name is like Gunst, which is fun. That's a cool name. I don't know. It also might just be her name that like... They're they're nay like she changed her name when she was she was married so that might be it but like Rush also sounds like it could be a stage name yeah you know anyway uh, I don't know a whole lot about her actually the other thing I know about her is that she did the first popular version of Angel of the Morning which was written That's by right. Chip Taylor so second Wild Thing reference in this episode. That's right. Um, good job. Because he wrote Wild say. Thing. He wrote Wild Thing and also covered it one time. And, we'll and he's also Angelina too. Jolie's uncle. Weirdly Just throwing enough. out trivia, I know. Hey! The show is all trivia. But that's what I know. Um, yeah, baby. She is the angel of the morning popularizer. She's merrily rush. She is doing a hippy-dippy little... This is very funny to come from, like, Deep Purple. Who sounds like Sounds of the 70 in 1968. Right. And then we also have Merrily Rush in 1968, which is like Sounds of the early 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a li- more poppy, right? Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, the the front, the cover of the album is funny because it's got like a cowboy hat on, but it's like one of the ones with the string on him. Oh, yeah. Um, chord, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more in the like country pop vein, uh, which I guess the original kind of was too but this feels more this leans harder into it it's a little more relaxed Um, and it actually has a harmonica that's right which always makes it sound a little more country um but also i assume she's playing piano because she's a piano player but maybe not you'd think so she also has a song called hey mrs jones we didn't do any mrs jones songs watch out folks next week on cover me (sighs) a song nobody's ever heard of Least of all me. Until now. Um, it's also, uh, she's like all alone on this, you know? The other ones yes. have backup singers or a band or whatever, but like this is all her. So it, but it doesn't really have a feeling of like a solo piano thing. Yeah, because there's a harmonica, there's organ, there's, other there's stuff. drums. Um, but the vocals, yeah, it's all her. It's all her. Um, and but she and she does a pretty good performance too. Like later on, she gets some like where she really digs into some of the words. I feel like could have used a bit more of that. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit more of that performative aspect of of the singing. Um, she also kind of like drops hushes, so she just kind of goes huh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah. But no, it does have those other sounds, like uh, like that organ you were mentioning. Yeah, it uh, does. It's not as crunchy as like the deep purple organ. But no, it's much more it's ambient a light in organ. its purpose. Yeah. yeah, it just kind of fills in the back. A little churchier, maybe. Yeah, a little more country style. Not even churchy. Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but certainly not like. Um, I don't even know. Un unhinged. That's not a good descriptor for an organ, uh, but not like the Deep Purple one. Yeah, the, the Deep Purple one is an organ that's breaking free, right? It's rock yeah. and roll. It's like... Yeah, like someone broke something on that organ, which causes yeah. it to sound really intense, but will only last for like three days. Yeah. Um, and then Whereas, the other like, major thing... Tight, laid back. The other major thing yeah. being... Well, the other major thing here in this version that makes it feel a little more country, I think, is what the guitar does. It does some slides. It's not a slide guitar, or it's not slide guitar playing, but it kind of has that slidey sound, which sort of evokes that feeling, right. which is a little country. You can hear particularly the intro there, that... Yeah. Yeah, it makes for a like an overall a very relaxed version. Um, yeah, so she digs. Yeah, in even with some of the faster lyrics, which can be yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, and she just rip through the lyrics. She's like, yeah, it's not slow. No, but uh, it's uh, softer, and I thought Soft, it was a pretty yes. good like softer take on it. Yeah, you know? I think so. Um, you know, still pretty old school. But mm-hmm. in terms of like, it doesn't feel like the original where there's some like missed potential, like. Yeah, it feels like... In its like, own sounds. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah mm, it works. It's comfortable in its era. The recording equipment isn't betraying it. And yeah. the, the take is there. And, like, in present, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it is a good soft take. Um, But we're not going to leave the year 1968 yet, Alex. Because we got to talk no. about the hit duo Santo and Johnny. Santo and Johnny. Are you familiar with these fellas, Alex? Um, not. I was not familiar with them previously. Were you? Yeah. Um, I know the song Sleepwalk, which is a fucking jam. Do I know the song Sleepwalk? You might. Give it a little play. You'll know, like, the intro riff, if nothing else. I mean, this is, like, doo-wop chords, for yeah. sure. It could just about be Earth Angel, yeah. but... It's uh, it features prominently in the film Twelve Monkeys, Twelve Angry Monkeys, oh, Twelve Angry Monkeys. Twelve Angry Men is a movie, and Twelve Monkeys is a movie. Twelve Monkeys is a movie. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I I actually was just talking about how I haven't seen that, but I want to. You should watch it. It's a great film. Yeah, that's definitely. It's on my list. It's on my list. Because mm-hmm. I yeah saw a clip from it and I was like, what is this movie? And it was. Yeah. It's good. It's infuriating. It's very good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so that's in that. That's cool. So that's Santo yeah. and Johnny. They're American rock and roll duo, an instrumental yeah, from, rock from and Brooklyn. roll. From Brooklyn. From Brooklyn. And yeah, they uh, have a very yeah. distinct uh, country guitar sound. If you listen to that Sleepwalk track, you hear it come in when it comes to the melody, and you'll hear it here as well. Okay. It's very twangy. And very, uh, it's like, it's a good sound. It's <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about a little sliding guitar here? These yeah. guys get that done on the, on the na-na-na-na section, instrumentally. 
which is taken by the um the horns yeah along with the guitar um this one honestly i i they do a really like groovy thing on this you know they make it really groovy yeah, that like that driving bass is still groovy. Boom, doo 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 boom, ba doo doo Yeah, and like yeah, kind of the the rhythm too, or uh, mm-hmm. the drums. Kind of, and then yeah. So I mean, it, it seems like they're a, a keyboardist and a guitar player. So they've got that organ going too, and like you said, that guitar that's kind of jangly, kind of twangy, kind of sliding yeah. around. Um. And then I kind of thought like the the verses themselves were sort of the weaker part of the song, but it's such a small part of the song anyway. They really just blow yeah. through it, and that's like they're playing the the melody there on the guitar, but they just kind of go through it, and then uh, and then get into the other parts, which is which is cool. It's good. It's a good like groove. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't and even have the same those... effect as the the Hammond organ in the Deep Purple version. Of course, none of them really do. No, but you know, a little decent. They're yeah, pretty, and pretty like decent. by and losing vocals, like you're always at a huge risk with a pop song. Yeah, I think even like, even repetitive. though you said those verses are weak, the uh, the tone on that guitar is so twangy; it's almost a voice. Like, i'm like yeah. okay yeah i like, guess when i say that it's like the rest of it is like hooks yeah <laughs> like chorusy hooks and then that part's just like so like yeah, it's not bad yeah. it's, it's not just bad, like a little less interesting to me at least yeah you're right everything else has a bit more energy behind it yeah more interesting moments even like yeah the, like the love love section where it's like and then the guitar just fucking just does licks for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with a cool little little like call and response style thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's highly energetic. It's uh it's fun. It's recognizable as the original piece, which is always something you gotta consider with an instrumental <laughs> version. It's always nice and not always um the not case. always present. But uh and I'm I wonder with that introduction. Because this is 1968. This is a tight timeline, but going by secondhand songs uh, release months, this was after both of the previous 1968 versions. Well, they so used that, that extra time to <laughs> fix it up. Fix it up. But yeah, they that intro mm-hmm. is sort of reminiscent of the Deep Purple introduction. True, because I was thinking, oh, clearly they're inspired by Deep Purple. But they wouldn't have had that much time, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess even though it's the same year, they're still. Yeah, and just their their year. country leaning makes me believe that they would have been Billy Joe Royal fans. So it's like it's tough to to pinpoint yeah. whether they Where were would that one the from? other or both. Did they just come to the same or similar conclusion based on the same input? Or right, yeah, there's also just the parallel the thinking of the era. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you do get organ on this. You also get an organ solo, which was also like, hang on, is this parallel thinking, or do these guys like Deep Purple? <laughs> yeah, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I didn't really notice that they were the same year, but they totally were. Well, you gotta watch out for these things, Alex. They'll yeah, sneak up on gotta you. pay attention. Pay attention. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I like their other song. Their one song they're famous for, so... What can I say? I guess I'm a fan, huh? I guess yeah, I'm just a big fanboy. Big Santo and Johnny fan. 
how could you not be? Well, I guess because you maybe never heard of him. But Millie Vanilli, Alex, 1988. Yeah, holy shit. It's Millie Vanilli. Yeah, what a... uh... (laughs) What a weird one. Yeah, they had that whole thing with the lip syncing. Yeah, because they're... So, the two guys, Fab, uh, Fab Rian and uh, Rob Patalis, are the faces of Millie Vanilli. Yeah. And but they the are not the actual voices. I think yeah, they're the, dancers, the dancers, technically. Yes. Yeah. Um, their whole, like, career... So, in 1990, they earned the Grammy for Best New Artist, and then it comes to light that they are lip syncing, that it's not them performing. And they they give that Grammy back, and the funny thing is, is that during some like press conference, the two guys were like, "It was our producer who wouldn't let us sing on the tracks." He's like, "They were like, we're both actually singers," <laughs> and so at some press conference, they they sang and rapped for like the press there to <laughs> prove that they could do what they claimed they could do. And they're like, "Yeah, well, it just wasn't us on the track." Which is funny to me. That is such a strange setup. Yeah. Especially, I don't know. Like, I know, like, if someone's dancing really intensely on stage, they're probably not also singing, right? Or not singing, like, insanely well. Yeah, so Uh, I didn't realize, when I first heard about the lip-syncing fiasco, I assumed that was the extent of it. Right. That it was just like, oh, they're not actually performing on stage. It's like, well, it's the Super Bowl, it's whatever. But right. no, it's that they are not even the original yeah, voices. Yeah, it's not even them. In fact, there's like, I think at least three other voices that I saw that were like listed as the lead singers in the credits. Yeah. Uh, Charles but, Shaw, a John mm-hmm. Davis, and a Brad Howell. Okay. And I don't yeah, know that's... who sings what. Yeah, but, but those are the, because they go on to form the real Millie Vanilli. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, and so they have at least an album together where it's like, hey, we're the actual singers, so if you like the Millie Vanilli sound, come come Check along and listen to us. Um, I don't think they lasted long either, because it no. was... Maybe that's why they didn't let them be the face of Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Well, yeah, I it was mean, right at that era where it was like, we gotta, you know, craft the next pop sensation. It's... You're grooming them, and, and it's like, well, let's. Why? Why do we need the the faces and the voices to be the same thing? Here we go, Millie Vanilli. Yeah, and then we learned why. Yeah, but then slightly after that, you get animated bands really coming out and in, in form. You get Prozac, and then you get yeah. Gorillas. It was probably just wrong time because honestly, I'm sure there's so much like like I mentioned. If you're dancing really intensely, you're probably not also singing, and like a lot of modern like touring involves heavy dancing so it's like they're not panting like you can't hear them panting so Mm -hmm. you know there's got to be some pre-recording going on got to be something but hey you're right probably wrong time i also think wrong execution though because at the end of the day you want to at least believe that the person up there is the one who's saying it originally right which it could have like yeah by the sounds of it could have been could have been but it just wasn't so it's it's a very strange very strange uh situation and it's almost strange as story. strange is making an R&B cover of Hush. Yeah, this is I mean the cover itself is also strange because um it almost feels unfinished. Yeah. Because like it's very even throughout 
there's some intensification later on um but and then it uh, but it, it feels very even and then it just kind of ends yeah because they do um i don't know, do they even do the full first they do verse part of verse one but yeah. they do so each verse is like two sets of rhyming couplets right yeah they do the first line of each rhyming couplet of the first verse right and that's it for verses and the rest of it is refrain and pre-chorus which i guess we just were talking about santo and johnny were like the choruses aren't really that great but it's so weird that you would do just that yeah um and then some other like ad-libbing lines they throw in he's like what do you mean by hush yeah that, what do you mean by what hush? do you want? um which is interesting right yeah and you got the female vocalist doing the hush um, yep. Of course, we hook the na 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 a lot because obviously, yeah, you gotta. But yeah, it is mostly just some dude kind of rapping the lines and then being like, "What do you mean by hush?" Yeah, it's like kind of like a half rap thing, maybe a whole rap thing in 1988. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. They're like, "There's a certain little girl that's on my mind. She's the best girl that I've ever had." Like, she didn't do the rhyme. Yeah. There's almost like, this sounds like a backing track for somebody else to then rap on top of. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's probably where it came from. Because it is very different and it's very much like electronic production. But Yeah. So a lot of like drums. bass and drums and like, it's mostly just like that beat. Yeah. With and then some of those other hooks put on top. The one thing you get is this like uh, finger-picked kind of guitar noise. So it's a bum, 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 on the, the choruses. Right. Right. Which has a distinct like kind of hook to it. And then him sometimes going, good God. Good God. Yeah, it's weird. I guess the other thing, the vocals are like very heavily filtered, which yes. I wonder if they did that because they had three different singers for two faces right right and the more you obscure it it's like well if you hear these guys oh, that talking could be that one which one's millie and which one's vanilli vanilli yeah by the way which one's which millie one's millie <laughs> i don't know if there's an answer to that i don't know if there's supposed to be a million vanilli or not honestly. I, yeah i'm not i'm not sure um you get an echo on the end of some lines it's yeah it's a weird sparse r&b track <laughs> it's from their debut album too so it could be a little low budget yeah yeah, uh, it's a strange thing. Yeah. And he <laughs> does, there's some, they do something kind of similar to the early in the morning stuff somewhere. He's, I think he says it as kind of like backing voice, like early in the morning. Yeah, around like 2.38. Early in the morning. And he says the midnight, so it's a Billy Joe Royal cover. <laughs> that that just makes it even weirder for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't fully know what to make of this version. It's it's a strange thing. It's it is an oddity, and I am shocked. And I'm also shocked there's not a music video for it. There's a fan made music video, but not a a real one. Is there a fan made video? Yeah, I think they've just cobbled together concert footage and other music videos, perhaps. To oh, make yeah, it. that sounds right. So how else would you do it? It would be weird if it was just footage they got, like chasing Millie Vanilli around town with a <laughs> your big '90s camcorder, saying things loudly so they say hush. <laughs> <laughs> I 
really hoping they say hush instead of just like shut the fuck up. Just like get, get out of my face, please. Get out of my face, please. Although are they like are they German or something? German French. Yeah, so they probably wouldn't say much in English at all. That's probably true. Yeah, really weird. Really. If weird. you're looking for an English person to say hush, they'll look no further than Kula Shaker in 1997. Yeah, who we just talked about. We just, we just talked, talked about, about this album, guys. in fact. That's right. Um, so they're rock and roll group post- Britpop psychedelia group. Yeah. And uh, they got a fan of Eastern philosophy and music and religion, which they incorporate into their music. They're named after King Kula Shaker. Right, yes. All those things we mentioned last week. Yeah. I didn't get much East at this one. No, no, I certainly didn't. Um, what did I get out of this one? It. It's very similar to the Deep Purple version. Yes. Um, and, but it feels like kind of like a, like an amped up version of that in terms of energy levels. Yeah, they just seem to be high energy. We talked about their version of Ballad of a Thin Man, which was also very high energy. True. That was very exciting. Uh, this one was a little exciting. The intro made me, uh, reminded me of... Uh, that Jet song, Are You Gonna Be Are My Girl? Are You Gonna girl? Be My Girl? Which I'm sure, you know, is something you could hear in other places as well, but that's what I was thinking of. Although this predates that by a few years. There's yes, less it does. focus on the organ. Um, although it is Deep Purple inspired, so it's more like guitar focus. Yeah. Not that there wasn't guitar things at the deep purple version but uh, a little more in this uh, yeah and, but the like, organ's yeah. more supportive on this than than show stealing really really energetic and also like sometimes just doesn't pronounce some of the syllables why would he he's British uh, fair enough but like do you know what I'm talking about there's like a line um, where he says uh, let's see if I can find it Yeah, uh, hush, hush, among my heart, not make for them. That like, <laughs> I don't think he's actually even trying to say the word. Yeah, there's a real uh, again the high energy. They're kind of blasting through with lyrics. Yeah. Um, they do have what sounds like the biggest non and ah section. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty like, big. Pretty big. Uh, but I mean it. it it's very energetic, so of course everyone's got to shout everything whenever anything happens. That's right. Yeah, but the question is, like, can it outmatch the... Because it's trying to play against the Deep Purple version. Can it right. Beat that? Well, it's Be- quite a different thing, you know? Deep Purple wasn't, like, not energetic in this way because it didn't want... Because it couldn't be, right? Right. It, like, it just was something different. Um... I don't know where I was going with that, if anyone. Are you trying to tell me that all of these cover versions are different, Alex? Yeah. Mm. Something like that. Not sure I buy it. Yeah, it's a little bit... Um, but I mean, these guys fetched. also have a, uh, an organ solo. Do they have an organ solo? Yeah. Go around mm. 130. You think, you think I would have written that down? 
It Not turns into it. a guitar solo, I'm pretty sure. Okay, right, because they do. And then, like, later on, they do some some shredding, which is kind of part of that energy. Cause it's like, yeah. It, like, before, they would have had guitar licks, and they're like, well, we still kind of have guitar licks, but they're really fast. Mm-hmm. So we're doing the shredding thing. So they do the shredding thing. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of, I think that describes this version. Yeah, I will say where, like, the the Deep Purple version gives room for, like, the wild guitar licks to shine and be like, whoa, look at that cool thing he's doing as the song goes on. This one's more like everything's just kind of trying to hit you at once. Like, the guitar's going hard, now this organ's at you. Like, it's trying to just be, like, a big fist of music. Whereas yeah, a musical Deep fist. Pur- a musical fist. Being whereas Deep Purple's just, musically. just fingering you musically. It's a little different. Yeah. Both valid in their own way. Yeah, both valid in their own way. I will say, yeah, like, this just kind of, like, for me, sure, it's it's different to the verbal version, because it's faster, and it was recorded in the year 1997. But it does, it's not more interesting, it's not cooler. Definitely not cooler. That's cooler shaker, sure, but it's, <laughs> is it cooler? It's not, it's not cooler. Yeah, um, I just kind of was like, it was fine, and I could see... I think it gets a lot of strength off that na 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 hook because that feels like a big triumphant section in this one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I really like their version last week, obviously, and this is a very similar idea, but the place it's coming from is quite different. Yeah, it's less transformative to take Hush through this lens yeah. than it is to take Ballad of a Thin Man through this lens. Yes, exactly. Um, but you know what? They put a lens on themselves and others when they made a music video, Alex. So they did. Um, so they did a, a kind of half fun concept that I don't think was fully was executed to its fullest. This little orb that gets passed around. I honestly didn't even notice the orb. Where's You've got to be fucking joking me, Alex. There's an organ <laughs> orb in almost every shot. It's the clear orb with K in it. In every shot? Just about. Are you looking at the one on their official YouTube? Not the, the first result that comes up. Oh, no, I'm looking at the the first result. Well, Alex, yeah. you are a fool, and you have... Is it the same video, but higher resolution? No. Oh, so we watch different music videos? Yes. Oh, okay. That explains why I didn't see the orb. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, the other one is just them performing in a room. And when I was talking about that reference earlier, there's a bit where they shake around the organ, which might be related to that... Um, earlier Deep Purple video. It might be. This one also seems to be somewhat official because it played on a, okay. on a station. So, yeah. Tell me about this video that I didn't watch. Alex, the orb. You ever see those memes about pondering the orb? They're all based on this music video. Um, ah, presumably a Kula shaker orb. Yeah, because it's got a K in it for yeah. Kula shaker. Um, so, yeah, it's about them performing live music. It's got a real, like, butthole surfers music video that we watched a couple of weeks back, but with, like, slightly more production value. It's like, it's a like, lot of live footage occasionally yeah, with... Yeah, just a lot of the lads hanging out with some fun props, and oh, here the prop stuff. is the orb. And then also there's concert footage of them in this really kind of psychedelic hall they've set up. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is dark and at night. There's dudes smoking pipes. An orb is being passed around. There's a person wearing a cowboy hat. Um, the ball at one point kind of fades into the screen. And you go, whoa, that's trippy. 
And yeah, yeah it's, they should have done it though, like Donkey Kong, where you had to gather all the letters and then you get a one up at the end. <laughs> K U L A. Yeah. And then you miss one and you hit a checkpoint. Oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do with Kua? Kua. <laughs> Kua. But yeah, so it's mostly just like concert footage with this like half executed concept of passing the Kula Shaker orb. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. This is a little more exciting. This is more motion blur for sure than the other version oh, yeah. I watched. The other version is just them in like a blue room playing it, which was, uh, you know, it was all right. It's acceptable. Yeah. Big, big amp stacks behind them. Big amp stacks. Um, um, yeah, I would have liked to see more of the passing of the orb. Oh, also, he's holding Gumby at the end at 243. Oh, there's a Gumby in this video? There's a Gumby in this so video. This, so this music video exists in the I Think We're Alone Now extended universe, which also features Gumby in its music video. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So yeah, Gumby's on the scene. Um, That's it. That's the music video, Alex. Neat. Let's talk about Captain Jack in the year 2003. So Captain Jack, get you high tonight, take you to your special island. Uh, and also German Eurodance, so probably yes. not so far from the truth. Yeah, probably not. Um, I guess based on an old army tune that called Captain Jack. Yeah, that sounds like something that Billy Joel would name a song after. Absolutely. Um, so these guys are German Eurotance Project. They consist of Marcus Ball and Eliza Del Costa. They consist of a lot of people. They are similar to Deep Purple in that their lineup has changed significantly over the years. I think there's four or five major lineups. Six. Okay. Um, At the time of recording, it would have been Frankie G and um, Illy Love. Okay. Okay. Well, I was replaced by it. right. You're right. Just I looking at the past, the past members, fortunately, has years active. Okay, you're right. Frankie G was alive. He died in 2005. Yeah, it's like a brain aneurysm or something like that. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, a really dense history for a half-assed German dance <laughs> project. Yeah, Euro dance. Yeah, my bad. Euro dance. Euro dance, which is different from other dancing. So, but but it has it's similar to the Millie Vanilli version in that they kind of you know set up a steady beat and just go with that. Yeah, uh, which is you know what what we get in dance versions a lot. Yeah, this one so also get a bright has, guitar and then some yeah, boots and cats in the beginning. In the beginning, it has a guitar, little yeah. general hand grenade guitar, <laughs> not quite the same riff, but reminiscent. Mm-hmm. And, bass uh, in the yeah, so there. it kind of builds in that that rhythm, and the bass comes in, the cymbals come in, and it's a little funky in terms of the guitar. And yeah, so it's also like a light, lighter version. Like as much as this is a dance version, it's kind of like light, fun, bouncy. Yeah, built around the bo- the bones of the original version. So yeah, not too heavily altered. Yeah, and I mean, the lightness of it is kind of cool. It's got that, like, old-school electronic sound going on. Um, 
they also switch it up a bit. I mean, obviously, if you're doing a dance version, you want to do like the exciting stuff. So you want to do all your hook stuff. Um, as we saw in the Millie Vanilli version, um, they dropped most of the verses, but this one does not. But it does shift them later. So like, it's like halfway through the song before they do the first verse. Uh, and then I think it's it must be um, Frankie G because it's like yeah. a fairly gravelly voice. Um, and then... Like, the second verse is, like, right at the end, pretty much. There's a little bit after that. But, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, a lot of focus on the non on and ah section. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you're right, and that Frankie G vocals come out almost nowhere. Because you start with the uh, the female vocals. You're like, okay, yeah, hero dance, like a little light female voice. And then that verse goes, like, oh, that girl on my side. You're like, whoa, whoa, hey. Yeah, honestly, I was thinking they wouldn't do verses at all but because i was like oh it's halfway through we haven't done verses it's probably just gonna be this right yeah but here we are doing the verses and they, they did the verses they do the verses um they get a breakdown na 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 section um it ends with an explosion and one last hush those are the big notes here <laughs> explosions yeah so yeah i thought this was another like decent dancey version um, yeah, it, like it's in like kind of an if nothing else, and a bit dated way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Easy peasy, man. Forget about it. Let's talk about Bjornberg in 2013. Yes, let's talk about Bjorn. Uh, a Norwegian blues artist. Yes. Yeah. So this one, this one's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm quite interesting. Almost it really, interesting. I mean, obviously Deep Purple has like some blues, right? Blues mm-hmm. rock. Uh, but this really goes hard in the blues sound and introduces some more like bluesy, kind of like Delta bluesy stuff to it. Like there's... Yeah. A, uh, a resonator guitar in this in this arrangement so lots of that picking and sliding that you get from that style of blues yeah so, um and really i like that sound. but also it got a little muddy i felt yeah yeah i feel like there's just something about the ways he was playing sometimes where the the strings kind of just blended together and it sounded a little gross to me yeah can't say i noticed that well I noticed it, Alex. Oh. Right what on. What do about it? <laughs> We're going to accept that. Like, around, like, 45 seconds or so, it's just, like, too dense. Too much? Did you say 45? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of like the reson- resonance of it, right? It kind of has so. that sound, you know? The guitar is metal, and it just does a lot of vibrating. Too much vibrating. I want to too much. Gonna mute switch that. out the resonator. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. But I uh, thought this one was pretty good overall. Like you said, yeah. heavy blues influence on it. He's got a real deep voice. He does. So you kind of get a thing where he's going on the resonator guitar, which is like higher and kind of almost like it's metallic, right? Mm-hmm. Tinny. Um, and then his low voice, so you kind of get him covering the low end, and then the guitar in the high end, and mm-hmm. they're kind of resonating together, and it's interesting. Interesting. 
Yeah, and just like a heavy like bass drum beat for the most part is all that's carrying us here. Just that really heavy kick beat, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the like, oh, I don't know, like wash barrel or whatever, you know? Yeah, you could do this if you were if you were keen as just a solo guitarist with a one big fucking bass drum. Yeah. And just do both as parts just yourself. Stomping your foot. Yeah. It's got that feeling to it. So yeah, it's got a real organic feel in that sense. Um, but what it doesn't sound, it like you could do it solo, but it doesn't really have that solo feeling like you might think no. from a from an acoustic or from a guitar version. Um, well, I mean, there's backup vocals and stuff that join on the chorus and the refrain, yeah. things like that. Um, although speaking of solos, it does have a guitar solo. Sure does. Right around where you would expect a guitar solo to be. <laughs> In a song, yeah. Does and is it double tracked? Because you do also have backing guitar at that point. Or is I he think just so, so good I you can do both? Because there's a music video, which I forgot to watch. Right, it's just him sitting and playing the guitar. Yeah, so but he, is, he plays a resonator guitar and he plays an acoustic guitar, so it sounds like there's kind of two okay. tracks on that. Yeah, so the, I think the guitar solo section went well. Yeah. I approve of it. Yeah. But it's a... It's a cool sound, and even like when we do blues stuff, a lot of the time it's more like electric blues, so you don't get this all that much. Yeah, some acoustic Norwegian blues is yeah. pretty foreign to us. <laughs> it's a neat combination. Yeah, so, I think he gives right it a on. good energy. Um, get some, yeah, you get some na-na-na's near the end with the, the backing vocals getting to go a little, a little more wild. You got a lady ad-libbing. That you do. So yeah, good production value, good blues feel, good drive and rhythm. Good. Maybe a little too resonant, though, I'm hearing a lot of people say. <laughs> I, I have heard people say that. Yeah, so I, I don't know, Bjorn, maybe you just keep that in mind next time you pull out the old resonator. You just tune down the resin a little. Stuff, just... <laughs> stuff of something in there, you know? Take that res dial, crank it down a little crank bit. Crank it down a couple notches. That's all I'm saying. But uh, we're about to crank things up couple notches for our heated debate over the the final verdict here three categories alex worst version best version and the version that if somebody tells you to hush you're gonna you're gonna turn it up instead because you can't be told (laughs) what to do yeah right on what's the worst version alex um i think probably milli vanilli for me just because it like feels kind of unfinished yeah, I'd say that's fair. That's, that's like my big issue with it. It's very strange. I, I think that if they had stuck to some of their guns, they might have actually had something somewhat interesting. But I feel like they didn't really and just kind of decided to end the song, which is weird because that's not really how recording or writing works. Like, <laughs> No, yeah, you don't just go like, damn, that's it. Yeah, so um, it's an odd, an odd bird. And or duck. Yeah, it's like it was exciting in the mix because you're like, oh my god, something that isn't like acoustic guitar based, like <laughs> based in rock and right. roll. Yeah, what could this be? And then it's like, uh, <laughs> nothing. It's a reminder of a, a highly controversial act that uh, you know that probably wasn't even that big a deal, but you know, yeah, we, we can talk about it. We would never be talking about them if it didn't turn out that they weren't actually Milli Vanilli. Like true. They would not be that big of a deal. Uh, who knows? Maybe they would have been huge in the end. Yeah, can you imagine they're the next Beatles? <laughs> and then it comes out years down the line, they're like, yeah, you're lip syncing. 
Um, yeah, but you're right. Millie Vanilli, worst version. Just, just not enough going on to it. All these other versions, even if they're not the most adventurous, have a solid take. Whereas Millie Vanilli is a, ethereal. There is no take. It's takeless. But Alex, who's taking home best version of the year? No, best version of this song. Best version. I mean, this is one of those ones where it feels too obvious. But I don't know, man. Just I, say Captain I, Jack. It's fine. I find it. <laughs> I find I'm finding it difficult not to go with Deep Purple. You know, they really made it their own. They gave it a good energy. They made it very cool. Uh, and it's got that organ. How can I say no to that organ? You can't, Alex. That that they got that one on me. No they got that what, one on all of us. You know that organ's got me. It's got to be Deep Purple. Fantastic it's choice, Alex. Be. Probably the right choice. But I still got to give it to Bjorn Bjorg. Yes, Bjorn Bjorg. Please do. Um, please do. Yeah, cool bluesy version. Uh, sounds good, even if I don't like the resonator all the time. That's that's just me. That's just my own personal opinion. But yeah, I like the voice on it. Um, and being able to do something fresh in blues in the year 2013, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there you go, best version, Alex. If somebody tells you to hush this version up. You're you're hushing it way back up. What are you doing? Who are you hushing doing? it up. Honestly probably gonna be bjorn hell yeah it's like i feel like that's the one that's most likely to get people to ask you to turn it down because it's a little different you know right people don't like things that are different that's right you're like they're like hey turn like, off what that is blues this a track. norwegian guy what are you trying to do to me and I'm like it's like three and a half minutes long bro chill okay yeah, ride just live your life you tell anyway, it to him, Alex. But also, this one is like easy to turn up to because it's not like you're cranking some like crazy harsh sounds, you know? Right. There's not, nothing to pound guitar, your eardrums. Right? Yeah. So I feel like that's got to be it. Cranking up the finesse. You're like, listen to all that resonance. Yeah. You hear that resonance? You think it's too much? It's too much for you right now? If it's too much resonance, you're too old. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say, old man. Old man. Um, yeah, that's a good choice for, for similar reasons. For it's too loud, you're too old reasons. It's got to be Deep Purple for me. Deep Purple? Hey, turn down that t- Deep Purple. Fuck you, man. Rock and roll's not dead. <laughs> roll's not dead. And it's like, you're 65, dude. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> but Deep Purple. Yeah, good deep stuff. Deep Purple. Good stuff. That's our final opinions. If you got different opinions, similar opinions, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Or by email on Twitter, it's hashtag GovernMePod at Jake DeCressy at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns there, or send them to our email at CoverMePod at gmail.com. You can suggest future episodes to us, because we don't know what we're doing. We're doing this all on the fly. So hit us up. Let us know what's good. And uh, we'll catch you all on the flip side, daddy-o, as they say. Uh, rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Other ones, we're on all the apps. Every app, we're on there. And if we're not, you tell them to, you demand cover me from them. You say, hey, <laughs> why aren't you hosting this podcast? I'm like, I don't know. Well, we can find it. Sometimes they find your podcast for you. Sometimes they don't. But hey, keep an eye out, folks. Tell your friends we have no marketing budget. If you got friends who want to learn about Hush, you know where to send them. 
And that does it for this week's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, they got it early in the morning, they got it late in the evening. Well, I want that, and I need it. Yeah, I gotta have Cover Me.